0: This is a Stand Up Labs production,
1: powered by digital media. On this week's episode, after a week away from the podcast, Joey, uh, I think we hit a lot of really important topics. We discussed the shootings, the protests, the 2016 presidential election, uh, and a lot of other stuff. I think it's a good episode, right?
2: It's a great episode.
1: Yeah. So we missed you guys. Stick around. I think you'll enjoy it. Mandatory Sampson Podcast, coming to you from Stand Up New York Labs in New York City. Welcome back to the program, everyone. We certainly picked a bad week to be away. Hello, my name is Christopher Flannery. My co host name is Joseph Noe, and we have a lot to get to today, don't we, Joey? Yes, we do. Uh, We're also being produced by Evan, uh, back in the booth. Good to have you back here. Yeah, good to be back. What up? Uh, Nice, man. Yeah, happy to have you. Um, We have a few... Quick hits off the top here, um, and then we're obviously going to be getting into the Alton Sterling, Philando Castile shootings, the Dallas Sniper, the protests, the fallout, uh, and of course, at the end, we have a 2016 update. Plus, we will close the show uh, with an email from Livy, who sends, uh, who has previously sent us an email, sent us a really nice one, uh, oh, nice! something we can close the show with and, and have a little conversation at the end of the program. How you doing there, Joey? I haven't seen you. I haven't really talked to you over the last week or so. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been really exciting. Just got back from vacation,
2: and as you know, I have broke loose with Pokemon Go.
1: Yeah, well, you jumped the gun there. I was just trying to have a little cash conversation at the beginning here. I was going to say you were you were away for July Fourth. Yes, I was. Uh, you had a nice time. I'm fantastic assuming. time. I w- myself was in Las Vegas, Nevada for the uh, the big UFC events. I had a Ooh. phenomenal time out there. It was very exciting. Nice. Uh, but now we're back. Uh, I, obviously, I was paying attention to what was going on. I didn't you know, kind of study it the way – not study it. I'm making it seem like I'm some kind of whatever. But, you know, I pay attention to the news when it's going on, Mm -hmm. knowing that we're going to have to do the show. I bookmarked a ton of stuff, and then I really kind of dug into it um, at the beginning of this week, and and last night I got into it pretty heavily. So we're going to get into all that stuff um, in depth on the show, which I know – you know, uh, people sent me messages being like, wow, you're going to have to do like a four-hour show. We're not doing four hours, but (laughs) – We'll see how somebody long. Somebody actually
2: sent that to you. Four hours.
1: Yes, and then I was actually Evan. I texted him something that was going on in Vegas, and then he was like, "Man, show's gonna be like three hours this week." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, somebody already said that." Uh, so we'll see what happens. But I mean, w- you know, we have a a pretty pretty in depth rundown prepared for the. the Speaking
2: of sport. long shows, did you watch the ESPYS last night?
1: No, I have zero interest in uh, zero ESPYs. interest. Yeah, I didn't watch it.
2: Oh, okay, because I do have to say, um, some people came to give good speeches. They yeah. did.
1: Well, the LeBron, I did see about LeBron yes. and, and the gang. They uh, had some interesting things to say. Is that what you're going to talk about? Uh,
2: partially, but also uh, a bunch of them mentioned about people who might feel lost or trouble, that they're not alone and they need help right? and such, especially with mental illness in this country and other things going on. I was just thinking to myself, though, I think it's wonderful that they're trying to bring attention to certain issues, Yeah, but I think it's the wrong demographic that is watching. Because I feel that people who are troubled or having problems wouldn't be home on a Wednesday night watching the ESPYs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I... I I might be wrong on that, but... No, I I hear your point, absolutely. I think... Yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, people that do feel alone or do have some kind of mental illness or whatever, they're right. They're probably not sitting down, and be like, "Oh, the SBs are on at nine. I gotta, gotta sit down and watch that." So they're probably not it getting that message. Eight. Well, whatever. But um, yes, but you know, without getting into the whole thing that we're about to get into a little bit later in the show, I I've seen a lot, um, and even though you know, I got to be honest, in Vegas, like. You're not really feeling a lot of tension there. Like, people are having a good time. There's a lot of people, different races and cultures hanging out. Mm-hmm. It's it, not a problem at all. People are having fun. Um, I think all the stuff that we're seeing, the reactions to the shootings, the the arguments, the, diff- the black lives matter, the blue lives matter, all lives matter, all this stuff, I think it's like when you pour peroxide on a cut. There's a wound and there's going to be a little bit of bubbling and and things are going to you know it's going to hurt at first but i think that this is the i think we're starting to see the momentum towards a healing process and then mm-hmm. so yes maybe the people that they're talking to when they're on tv and you know saying you're not alone and all this it sounds cliche maybe it isn't reaching those people necessarily in that venue but i think it is i think it's a moment where you're seeing a lot of different people from a lot of different back, backgrounds different socioeconomic class. I think everybody's starting to get on the same page. The majority of people are getting on the same page about what's going on. We're seeing that there's a problem, obviously, in this country. And I think people are getting to the point where we're where we're ready to address it in a real way. I think mm-hmm. people, I think, I think we are like, I'm actually hopeful about the state of affairs, even though it looks terrible now. I think this is a, a necessity before real change is going to happen. Not that you want to see people getting killed and, and mm-hmm. all this stuff, but I think you're starting to see a recognition that we are all in this together and I, and people are getting fed up from all from all different backgrounds and races and all that stuff so
2: and progress is being made.
1: Yeah, it's going it is necess- it's necessarily going to be made because people are 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 looking at each other as fellow human beings not just oh you're black, I'm white, you're this, you're that. I think we're as much as the Trump represents sort of a dividing of America um I think that's the dying Breath of that type of ideology, you mm-hmm. know, and so we'll get somewhere good. But we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. I also want to say this about the Black Lives Matter stuff because you see a lot of people, all lives matter. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, dum dum, of course. But Black Lives Matter isn't a threat to you. It's a reminder. That's the whole point of it. It's not saying all other lives don't matter. It's like, hey, it seems like we're getting. Killed all the time, and nobody really cares about the black community, and that we're treated like second class citizens. So we, when we say Black Lives Matter, it's like remember Black Lives Matter. Uh, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not being like nobody else matter. No, it's just saying like this is something that uh, needs to be restated because obviously the evidence is pointing to the fact that maybe they don't matter to the the, the culture and the population. You know. Yes. So anyway, Evan, you, you I see you grabbing the mic. You got anything to say there? Well, no.
0: You you brought the. Division or derision amongst like all lives matter and black lives matter, and like I was reading up on it, like the problem with all lives matter is that it's like innately antagonistic. Like the whole point of, by them taking over the same like moniker as uh, black lives matter is to point out, like you know, chi- chi- you're basically subtweeting yeah. black lives matter group.
1: Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, I mean, well, and then you know, but the people in that group or whatever would argue that the black lives matter thing is antagonistic and whatever, not. Uh, yeah, I know you can, you're rolling your eyes. Absolutely, I agree. But it's like, you know, that's their point of view. Obviously, I, to me, it seems like, you know, black people just getting killed for being pulled over for having a tail light out. That's antagonistic and and being being uh-huh. treated second class and 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 never really being looked at as fully American. Even the shit with Obama. It's like, oh, he's from Kenya. That's saying you're not one of us. You know what I mean? And I, but I think we're getting yeah. to a point where people are. Like I said before, I think we're we're getting to the point where it's like, no, we are all one of us. Forget America, forget England, forget Mexico. That's even that type of argument. Like, no, those are fucking human beings, man, that live on Earth with us. It's mm-hmm. like get out of that mindset. Get out of that mindset because we're all in this thing together. And I think we're I, I think that's where we're heading. But there's gonna of course there's gonna be turbulence on the way there. Um that's how it happens. We we said it, growth through pain. Change happens uh, through through times of of stress and yeah. you know pain. So it's going to be what it's going to be, but you know we're going to get into it a little bit later in the program. So all right, Joey. Mm-hmm. Before we get into any of the heavy stuff, what what is what is Pokemon Go? Can you tell me what Pokemon Go is? Because I don't know, and I know that you <laughs> do know. So you tell me, and you tell the Samsonites and the Nobodies if they don't know.
2: All right. So basically, what they did, it's kind of like a geolocation. Okay. A- app. So it turns the locations around you into poker Stops, and then there's the Pokemon that you can catch.
1: Right. Which is that. Correct me if I'm wrong. That is the point of Pokemon. There's these little pocket monsters. Is yes. that correct? That run around, and you throw balls at them, and you capture them. them. You try to collect all the Pokemon, yes. and then the more Pokemon you collect, the better score you get, and then you can eventually have fights amongst other Poke collectors. Is this well? Or are you talking about Pokemon in general or are you
2: talking about Pokemon well, game? I'm talking Pokemon about the game, my There's just, two you know, different the, things Yeah, well, let's talk about the app. Okay, the app. So, yes, you can level up in the app. Right. But the problem- what, what level are you, big guy? Oh, 6. 6 is that good? No, it's just saying that I'm casually that you're
1: involved. Casually yeah. involved in it. Okay, what's the best person score right now? I have no idea. I, I Some Japanese kid, I bet. Probably. Somebody <laughs> I
2: know is level 17. Whoa. Which is p- pretty impressive because the, the thing's only been out for a couple of days now.
1: Yeah, it's almost three times as much as your score.
2: Yeah.
0: Terrible for a social life.
1: <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, okay, well, so you're enjoying the game. I mean, I've seen the game. Obviously, you yeah, just yeah. showed it to me before we started the show. Uh, it seems pretty cool. I mean, and it's definitely a sign of things to come where you're going to be having these augmented reality things that, that you look through your phone or glasses, glasses or yep. whatever it's going to be. It's very interesting.
2: The only thing is, as of right now, I'm in the camp that there's more wrong with it than is right with it. With the Pokemon Go.
1: With the game itself or yes. with, the, uh, with the idea of what the game is? Like virtual reality type of game? The game itself. What, okay, well, what's the matter? Well, three main things. First... Wow, he
2: wrote a fucking essay about what's wrong yeah, with Pokemon well, Go. First, I should be able to walk up to Evan and battle him
1: yeah you can not do that. well, you can. you guys can just fight. We can't even chain
2: we can't even trade Pokemon. So what I can mm-hmm. because half of the fun of the original was the fact that you have to catch the Pokemon and trade, right? So finish your collection or exactly. Whatever. So yeah. we can't even trade, okay. And... <laughs> There's a third one. And out there, like, during the Pokemon battles, uh-huh. it's not turn-based like it was in the game. It's just you're tapping h- however quickly you can on the screen.
1: Right, so these little kids with their fast fingers, you're Yeah, they got very fast fingers. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well... All right, look, you keep me up to date on the Pokemon Go. You let me know if your score goes up a little bit. Um, you, you know, you let me know if they do any add-ons. I'm sure they're going to correct some of this stuff, right? It's only been out a couple of days. Yeah, uh,
2: one of them that they're trying to correct, believe it or not, was uh, it happened at Ostrich. Um, what? What? There was a Pokemon that appeared and it caused a little controversy. There was a Jewish memorial. Oh yes, on, the Holocaust. Uh, the Holocaust. Yeah, and uh, the Pokemon have been popping up there, and apparently they're <laughs> trying to figure out if <laughs> uh, if uh, coughing was one of the Pokemon there, because coughing is a Pokemon that like coughs and says coughing. Oh Christ! About you know the gas.
1: Yes, yeah. I understand that would be a uh, a poor choice. Yeah, an um, oversight, as you might. A little say. disrespectful, probably, to be at the most somber fucking place on earth, being like, "Oh, Pikachu!" Like you're running around trying to catch this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like there's a pile of skulls and wallets over there, but yeah, let's try to catch them all. Uh, go ahead, Evan. Well,
0: yeah, what Joey's alluding to is I think yeah, the Holocaust Museum was upset that people were catching Pokemon, and well, yeah, to speak to a larger issue, like I'd assume that the people playing Pokemon are under the age of fourteen. Let's assume. Like That's true, too.
1: Average age, maybe? Average, yeah. a- average age. I like that it. you said Pokemon, too. You said I Yeah. He has an accent on it. But
0: oh. uh, <laughs> I, I kind of have an issue with, just in general, people taking... Like, I don't expect an adolescent to understand the magnitude of going to the Holocaust sure. Museum under 14. So, like...
1: No, I, I, of course. I mean, right. Ideally, you don't do it. But then you go, you know what? But it's, it's a... <laughs> That's human nature. It's it's this affirmation of life type of thing where it's like whatever, yeah. I might be at this place where something horrifically tragic happened, but I have a I have a phone that has monsters in it that I can catch. Like mm-hmm. that's fun. So exactly. that's you know it's like in the face of this uh, tragic thing. I mean I you know whatever. I understand both sides of it. But okay, so you're you're enjoying the uh, you're enjoying the Pokemon game though by and large, Joey. Yes, I am. Oh, okay. I yeah, yeah, you gonna, yeah, okay. okay, yeah. No, fair I enough. Um, all right. We can get into some stuff here. Yeah. Uh, let, let me, can I actually say, say this? Cause I was at the airport, mm-hmm. obviously a couple of times over the last week and we were at the airport a, a little bit early. This has to do with like terrorism and kind of human nature type of stuff. It's just something that I observed. Mm-hmm. So we were there, me and the fiance were at the airport waiting to get on the plane. We had like, got there a little early. So we had like an hour and a half to just kind of hang out. We're sitting on the floor. We're charging our phones, waiting to get on the plane. You could have been catching Pokemon. You're absolutely right. I wasted a golden opportunity. So we're sitting there, and I keep hearing a door open, and I'm seeing it. I'm watching this guy open a door and an alarm, like, as soon as he opens the door, every time he opens it. He opens it probably five, six, seven times. Okay. Nobody in the immediate vicinity is looking. None of the people that TSA are looking over. Desensitized
2: to setting alarm. Well, this is what I was going to say. So
1: why is there an alarm on a door? Because if that door opens... There's a reason why we want people to notice that the door open because maybe we don't want somebody with nefarious intentions walking through that door or doing whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But this guy keeps opening the door. Nobody cares. Finally, he just walks away. And it made me think, like when we talk about, you know, airport security and we got to stop all these terrorists and whatever, the amount of human nature that goes into catching a terrorist or not catching a terrorist or stopping something bad happening is so high that you're never – really ever going to be a hundred percent safe because it's like you said people become desensitized to it so people at the airport that work security they hear that door open 10 times a day they don't flinch because like ah it's gary he's always going through that door but the one day it's not fucking gary and it's somebody that you don't want walking through that door nobody's going to be paying attention to it think about how many times a day that happens across the country across the world in all the different airports that's the problem. You can't count it. You cannot, yeah, it's, you can't You can't even account for all of that human error or human nature. And it just got me thinking, like, th- in all the conversations that we have and we need to stop this, we need to do this and be more vigilant, good luck stopping Gary and his coworkers from realizing, yeah, Gary always goes out the door and that alarm goes out. You know, it's like, it's just that interesting thought that I had. Um,
2: well, a lot of it too, which sometimes we touch on it, is personal responsibility. That's something that, Far short a lot of time too and that's something like not only do we all have to come together but there also has to be an increased level of personal responsibility as well
1: yes yes it, it's absolutely it's taking taking pride or taking precaution just taking that extra little step if you think something's up whatever mm-hmm. go pay attention to it right but that I mean that's a general thing that people should be carrying through their their everyday life I mean I'm not gonna like pat myself on the back but me personally, I record a lot of shows. I, I edit a lot of shows here. Anything I'm doing, I try to replicate the perfect process every time I do it. Yes. All the time. I put a system in place that I know works, and I try to hit those points every single time. And guess what? If you do that, if you kind of commit yourself to being like committed to that system that you've put in place that you know gets you to the right result, and you keep doing that – Good things are going to happen, and yes. th- that's kind of what you're talking about. But again, you know, there's there's always going to be that day where it's like, ah, Gary opened the door. It's probably nothing, and then and, it's not and then it's up. You know what I mean? But anyway, ready to get ready to get going here? Yes. So I'm happy to be back, Joe. You you good? Good in you know, a good. You know, I feel the energy. in a good mood. Yeah, you do, right? Yeah. Um, Chelsea Manning, who we always talk about on the show, there was some. Uh, News last week, whistleblower Chelsea Manning, who towards the end of May appealed her, quote, grossly unfair 35-year prison sentence for leaking documents to WikiLeaks, which we covered on MSP82, incidentally, if you wanted to go hear that. Uh, Chelsea Manning was reportedly rushed to the hospital last week and later confirmed that she was in fact hospitalized after attempting suicide. Which uh, was sad for me to see. It's it's somebody that I've talked about a lot on the show, yes. somebody that I think is a, a heroic person, uh, certainly somebody that, like you said, took the personal responsibility of, of doing the right thing, even facing bad consequences. Yeah. Um, Nancy Hollander, who's Chelsea Manning's lawyer, on Friday said, The prison has notified us that Chelsea was hospitalized and remains under a doctor's care. At this time, her doctors are recommending against a call, and we're respecting those recommendations, but are in close touch with the facility and will continue to monitor her condition and hope to connect with her soon to protect her privacy. That is all we can say at the moment. Then later, Chelsea Manning released a statement through her attorney saying she knows that people have questions about how she's doing and she wants everyone to know that she remains under close observation by the prison and expects to remain on this status for the next several weeks. Um, it's just sad, man. It's somebody that's that's paid a lot for doing the right thing, mm-hmm. releasing a lot of documents about the Iraq war and and you know, things that we were doing as a country, you know, being represented through the military and, and whatever over the, in Iraq. The collateral murder video, which I've talked about a number of times that really helped shape my opinions about foreign policy and U.S. intervention in different places. Um, you know, she had released a, a statement about Orlando um, because Chelsea Manning is obviously transgender.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, has to do with, you know, obviously t- is tied up in that attack. Um, you know, she, she expressed that hug your loved ones. Like, you know, you feel rage, you feel pain, all this stuff. And you just think like this poor person's locked away for 35 years. She's not getting to hug anybody. She's not getting no. that, that love. She can't get that, that energy out. And uh, you know, I guess it manifested in hurting herself, you know, or trying yeah. to uh, try to kill herself. So it's a, you know, that that's a sad one. I wanted to bring that just to the attention of everybody cuz somebody I really admire for what she did and it, you know, it it's sad to see her uh, you know, in the type of pain having trouble. Yeah, you yeah. know. So Uh the one thing that
2: bothered me with this is the fact that apparently the media found out what had happened before the lawyer or anyone who was close to Chelsea actually found. So yeah, the I la- thought that's horrible.
1: Yes, the lawyer didn't uh the lawyers did not know what was going on for 36 hours pretty much but then the reports obviously came out that that something was going on so yeah i mean you know i just wanted to bring that up i mean i don't have too much more on that but i do, I do want to just point that out and you know g- good luck to uh chelsea manning and i hope you know she gets the the help she needs and and hopefully the they the appeal goes well and she has some more light at the end of the tunnel yes they're waiting you know 30 years to get out of jail so all right um this is an update about something that I think is related to the battle for Fallujah that we've talked about a number of times Mm -hmm. in recent weeks. So U.S. Secretary of Defense Ash Carter announced on Monday that the United States will be sending 560 more troops to Iraq to help the Iraqi army push into ISIS's stronghold in Mosul later in the year, which we talked about. They took Fallujah the real strongholds in Mosul. So now they have Fallujah. They're talking about going there. The total number of U S troops in Iraq is now up to 4,700 three months ago. The U S added 200 troops to the fight in Iraq. So as much as we like to pretend that we're not really in Iraq and we're not doing that, we are, we have almost 5,000 troops there and, and we're, we're (laughs) likely going to be involved in this, this escalation into Mosul and who knows how many more troops we might be sending in at that point, especially if hawkish Hillary is the president, I mean, Trump, Christ knows, but let's assume Hillary be president. No, he's saying it. She's hawkish and she will have us in a war in that first term for sure. So this is something to keep your eye on. It's happening now. People will start talking about it on the media the week that it happens, but we're talking about it right mm-hmm. now. I know hindsight's
2: 2020, 20, but I kind of think maybe we shouldn't have brought back everybody from Iraq and we should have left a few in there just to keep the peace.
1: Well, that's the thing. Define peace. It, it was not a peaceful situation. That is true. With US troops there, you, you could have sent twenty thousand more troops, you weren't gonna be able to keep peace. It's a it's a it's a country with a lot of you know, religious um violence, battles between the sectarian parts and the religious parts. So th- there's a lot going on there. And, you know, yeah, that's sort of the Republican argument. Well, you know, it's Obama's fault because we pulled all the troops out. Mm-hmm. Well, it's Bush's fault because we got all the troops in there to begin with for no reason. So, you know, you can have that argument all day. Yes. We're nibbling a little bit. We're adding troops in, in in supporting roles, but it's certainly something worth keeping your eye on, you know, knowing knowing the two candidates that are going, you know, could potentially become president.
2: Do you believe that uh, we're going to take Mosul by the end of the year?
1: Well, I think they're going to start t- going for it by the end of the year, mm-hmm. which I don't know why you'd wait that long if you have ISIS kind of on the run now seem would now seems to be the time that you should should go Overload in there yeah. but um you know i don't know i mean i i think we're very good we meaning the united states and like the coalition forces i think we're very good at blowing shit up and taking over i don't think we're good at rebuilding rebuilding it or putting a, any kind of structure in place i think we're 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 the kool-aid man we're good at busting through the wall mm. but then but then we're not really good. Well, once we're in the room, we're like, "All right, now, now what do we do?" And that, that's it. We don't we don't have really a plan. Um, so you know, that's all stuff to keep your eye on. I don't know. We'll probably be able to do some damage to ISIS on the ground, but I, again, I, I, to me, it seems like it's an Iraqi issue. It's a, a Middle Eastern issue, and we're, the terrorists that are attacking places are not coming from there. They're maybe being inspired by the propaganda that comes out of there, but that's not really what we're doing. You know? Mm-hmm. Correct. So anyway, so that's that's my take on that situation. Um, we got one more quick hit, Joey, before we get into the uh, you know the bulk of the episode. Um, the drone report mm-hmm. we talked about a couple of weeks ago. The Obama administration released on Friday, July first, in the afternoon, right before a holiday weekend. Its official civilian drone strike death toll. You do you know the number, Joey?
2: I believe it's one sixteen.
1: Okay, Evan, do you want to take a a guess on that? Do you have any guess? 75. You didn't turn the mic on? 75. There you go. Uh, They're saying between 64 and 116, which, okay, that seems like a very uh, low number. Um, Between 2009 and 2015, the United States launched 473 strikes, uh, not drone strikes, but strikes, Killing between two thousand three hundred and seventy-two and two thousand five hundred and eighty-one quote combatants. The problem with that terminology is that anybody of military age on the ground in a war zone is considered a combatant. So oh. that could be a tenth, that could be two thousand civilians. Y- you don't know. So that's that's a very misleading number. It's also very frustrating that they put the number out july 4th weekend in the afternoon nobody's fucking paying attention to that number and that's why they do that Mm -hmm. um the bureau of investigative journalism puts the total more realistically at 800 people in pakistan yemen and somalia lindsey graham once estimated 4700 people had been killed um i have a quote from jameel jaffers the aclu deputy legal director he says Unfortunately, there is a re- there is reason to doubt that the government will provide the kind of spe- specificity that would actually be useful to journalists, human rights researchers, and the general public. Uh, human rights first released a statement saying, while a sign of progress, the information to be released today fails to provide enough information to allow the public to assess the harm to civilians, the legality of individual strikes, or the overall effectiveness of the targeted killing program, especially as the data only covers airstrikes outside of Syria, Iraq, and Afghanistan. So you're not even getting it from the main places that were actually fighting wars. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so it's 116, but who the fuck knows what that number really is if you factor in, especially Syria, Iraq, and Afghanistan.
2: It's misleading. I kind of just wish that they would just, you know, upfront about it and just go, I know this practice is highly, you know, disproved of. People don't like us doing it. But we're doing it for for the right reasons, and here is the number, and just be honest with it. I st- because to me, this seems that there's more at play because you're trying to hide it.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, and it's also I think silly to assume that if you release the real number, Americans in at, at large are going to get upset about this. Correct. Because you're right. Say, we're doing it for the right reasons, we're killing terrorists. Yes, sometimes we kill some of their friends, but you know, it, it is what it is. Most Americans are probably going to be like, well, Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i mean which is terrible i'm not excusing that but you're absolutely right i mean i don't think the real number in america is going to bother anybody i think it will you know likely cause a stir around the world and different human rights organizations and things like that but the average american i don't know man i i don't see if that number wasn't 116 say it was 2000 i i I i highly doubt that most people the majority would care about that correct because who's really paying attention to the drone program anyway? I bet if you asked a thousand average Americans, you know, more well majority is going to be like, yeah, it's effective. It's good. We kill terrorists. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. you care that we kill civilians? Well, I'd rather not, but, you know, like that, that to me feels like where the conversation would go.
2: And either way, I, I don't think the average American is going to be in the ballpark figure I, anyway. What do you mean? If you just walk up to the average American and ask them uh, how many... People, do you think I've died from drone strikes? Oh, they no idea. No,
1: no idea. Um, to the Obama, I mean, look, is it better that they're putting something out than nothing out? Yes, yes. It, we'd rather it be a real number. Uh, they're going to put this number out every year now, apparently, and the Obama administration is trying to pass executive orders that would require more stringent, you know, rules about individual strikes and things like mm-hmm. that. But yeah, you, you know who knows what would happen when the next president gets in and, and decades or after another attack, you know, it's like things can be changed very quickly. So, all right, that's the number we were waiting on. And we got it. Um, let's get into the shootings. Uh, this whole mess that's taken place over the last week before we do that. Yeah, I was going to do, we have a sponsor too. So gotcha.
2: Um, you also had included in one of the articles about M and M's.
1: Oh yeah, good. you ferrets? want to, you want to bring that up? Yeah, I I, I left it out, but sure. Now you're bringing it up. Another use of drones. Go ahead, Joey. Uh, apparently, uh, a large portion of the ferret
2: population has been dying off, and the, they, the Blackfoot ferret, right? Yes, and they've come up with a strategy where they take the vaccine, put it in M Ms, <laughs> and shoot the M Ms via droid.
1: Drone, yeah, drone, drone. They're gonna, yeah, they they fly over the area where the Blackfoot ferret lives with medication-laced M&Ms, and they just dropped them with drones over that population. So that's cute. That's a good yeah. move. I mean, the ferrets are very cute. I'm, I'm sure we want them around. What do they do, ferrets? Do they kill snakes? That's fun. Pro- most likely, or other, yeah. like, unnecessary other animals. Yeah. You know,
2: the balance of life, the uh, the circle of life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, apparently, one of the uh, the main areas is going to be Montana, where the uh, habitat is.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. So, you know, you could see, obviously, we talked about it before, before on the show with the, you know, different deliveries that are going to be done with drones. There's other practical applications to drones other than blowing people up and, you know, killing their family members. So that's good that you highlighted that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there you go. Yeah. Godspeed, sweet ferrets. I hope you survive and I hope you like the M and M's. They're probably delicious. All right, Joey, before we get into the rest of the program, we have a sponsor today. Would you like to hear about our sponsor? Yes. A great business needs a stunning website and with Wix.com, you can do it all by yourself. Wix.com makes it easy to look amazing online, no matter what type of business you're in. Show off your images in a beautiful gallery, grow your contact list, and get all your social media in one place, just the way you want. Your customers are going to love it. So what are you waiting for? Show the world what you can do, go to Wix.com, and create your stunning website today. It's easy, and it's free. All right, Joey, so here we go. I mean, this is what I'm sure a lot of people that got in touch with me over the week and the weekend we're talking about as wow, bad week to not be doing the show. Cause mm-hmm. clearly there's a lot to talk about. Uh, last Tuesday, we're going to break this down into three different segments. We'll, we're going to go in depth and then we'll get some reaction from different people, including Kim Kardashian, who is our greatest, uh, social political leader at this point. Mm-hmm. Last Tuesday, 37 year old Alton Sterling was approached by two officers, 28 year old Blaine Salamone and 29 year old Howie Lake. After they received an anonymous call that someone, who they assume was Sterling, had threatened uh, a person with a gun mm-hmm. in the area where Sterling was. He was in front of a convenience store selling DVDs and CDs out of his car like he normally does, having a normal conversation with one of his friends there. The cops showed up, and um, things went bad south. south. Things went badly very quickly. Um, I have f- three videos here. They're quick. We're going to watch them um, and, and we'll just kind of, di- you know, we'll, we'll dissect them as we go through. So this is Alton Sterling. This is the first angle that we have of the shooting because the police showed up assuming that this guy was armed, mm-hmm. that he had a gun out, that he had threatened someone. From the video that, I, that I've watched and you haven't seen it yet, we're going to watch it now, there was – that's not the case. He's not being threatening. It seemed like it was kind of a relaxed night all, by all accounts. The people that were there were like, no, we know him. It was fine. He wasn't mm-hmm. doing anything. Um, all right. So this is the first video we have, Joey. And then we'll, we'll kind of talk through it. But we have a number of different angles here. <sighs> all right. So now this angle is from the inside of a car. Somebody is to the left, I guess, or kind of behind what's happening here. And they're shooting it through the window. And you see the cops um, with Sterling at this we and, and we'll, we'll just kind of, excuse me, talk it through. Okay, so you can hear the cops in the background screaming, "Get on the ground! Get on the ground!" Now, Alton Sterling is standing there. Not in this video, you can't see it, but in the next one, we will. He's standing there, not doing anything threatening. His hands are sort of at his side. He's not doing anything. I mean, they're they're out in front of him. He's not doing anything. All right. Now the video pans up, and you see the the one cop, tack goes to tackle Sterling very similar to the Eric Garner situation where the guy's not doing anything. He's like, what, what What? did I do? And they tackle him. All right. Now they're wrestling on the hood of the car. Now they take him down rough. Okay. The one cop is on top of him, holding him down. The other cop is kneeling on his chest, holding his face to the ground. And Alton Sterling, you can see his left hand is above his head. So he only has one hand free if he's going to pull a gun out and try to shoot these cops. Okay. Now, he's saying, like, what the fuck, what are you doing? Like, what the fuck, what did I do? Now, at this point, Joey, would you say that he's subdued? Yes. So anyway. for the most part, right? I mean, he's not doing anything here. He, he can't, he can't go anywhere. The cop that's leaning on him reaches for his gun right now. Puts it to his chest, and this is how quickly this guy gets killed. Oh shit. That is obviously the sound from inside the car. That's another shot, four shots. Oh, they shot him? Oh, oh my, my fucking goodness. Boy. Oh, oh. My God. That's the first angle we have. That's not the best angle. That's why I put that first. Okay. Now, just based on that, Joe, that's the first time you've seen it. What yes. are your thoughts on this? And again, we I just said why he got arrested to begin or whatever, detained to begin with. He wasn't doing anything
2: it's unnecessary he's pinned down he's got no place to go right he's subdued also there was no no peaceful talking from the cops
1: no no de-escalation of the situation of course not and there's no gun present i mean they maybe find a gun in his pocket uh i'm not exactly sure about that but he's not holding a gun Mm -hmm. he he is not brandishing a gun in any way all right there's the second angle and it's a more graphic angle. So I'm just letting you know that, but I think it's worth looking at. Mm -hmm. All right. Again, same, same, you know, it's pretty much the same point in time. It's just a different look so we Mm -hmm. can kind of analyze it. But for the people listening, it's the same, same portion of the events. (laughs) Then you could hear more on this one, and somebody's yeah. standing a lot closer from behind the cop now. So we're looking at the back of the cop that's going to shoot him, Sterling, and then the other cop is to the l- the right side of Sterling. You fucking move! I swear to God is what the cop says. Sterling doesn't move, and then he's dead seconds later. They're they're screaming. They're screaming. Get on the ground. He was pinned. He's on the ground, on the ground and you just shot him four times in the chest. He's, he's on the ground. Anywhere. Now, Joey, look at his hands. Is he holding a gun? No, he's not. He's not holding a gun at all. No. Now he's dead. He's dying. That's it. And the cop goes, "Fuck!" Like, yeah, yeah, you you, you didn't have to do what you just did. Now, the other cop, Joey, look, comes around the side there. And he's going to pull the gun out of the Is he he pulling a gun out or is he putting a gun in? I can't tell from this video. I'm just pure speculation, but what's he doing there? We're going to watch it a couple of times.
4: We're watching it again. The cop comes into
1: frame now. And he reaches for Sterling's pocket. Is there a gun in his hand? Is there not a gun? I can't tell, but I'm just saying. And it does appear like he pulls something out. But Sterling was in not, certainly not in a position to pull that gun out and do any damage with it at all. So that's that angle, okay? Mm-hmm. We got a third one now, and this one is um, just a different angle. That's all. We're just going to look at it from another spot. It's better sound. You can hear Sterling now like being like, "What the? F- what are you doing? Please, come on. That's what he's saying. Please, come on. Like, why, why am I on the ground right now being threatened with the gun? Not being threatening. This guy's on his back. There's two cops on top of him. The, the cop yells, he's got a gun. He's got a gun. But he doesn't have a gun because when when they roll off of him, there's no gun in his hand. Look at his hand, Joey. Do you see Alton Stone's hand under the cop's left leg? Yes. What's it doing? It's pinned. It's pinned, but it's up. Like, don't shoot me. That type of gesture that you'd make. Like, nope, I don't have anything in my hand. Dead on the ground is the, the mind-blowing part to me. This guy's dead, Joey. Yeah, yeah. Shot point blank in the chest. This cop rolls off of him like he's going to jump up and, and shoot them. It's crazy. His hands are empty. Yeah, the cop comes and pulls something out of his – this is a clearer view. Pulls something out of his pocket. But I I can't say it's a gun necessarily, but that maybe is what they're saying. Gun, Evan. You had something to say there?
0: Well, what you're suggesting, like I hadn't heard that before you mentioned it. The fact is he didn't have a gun, period, right?
1: I – to be honest with you, I don't know whether he had a gun or not in his pocket. But to me it doesn't make a difference whether he did or not. He wasn't brandishing it.
0: Well but. yeah, I, I was curious if the officer immediately went into, you know, damage control. Oh, uh, like, uh, I I don't know.
1: So no, I mean, like, well that that's not a bad assumption. I mean, you, you would would he glaze off the guy and goes, "Fuck." Like he's in damage control mode already. You know what I mean? He yeah. just killed the guy. He knows he killed this guy. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's stuff that'll come out over time, but you know, anyway, that that's the uh That's the Alton Sterling shooting, Joey. I mean, (laughs) Uh, what what do you like? It's very hard to watch that because we're having conversations in the office Mm -hmm. and things like this.
2: Um, Well, see, see, with this, of course, it just happened. But is this a situation where the training is off, or was it just uh, the one officer was maybe you know wasn't fit for duty? I guess
1: I don't know. We're gonna find out. I mean, one of them is uh, like a high-ranking official son. Mm -hmm. I don't remember which one. And then the other one was involved in a shooting incident in 2014. Doesn't mean that they did anything wrong in those incidents or whatever, but, you know, it's all stuff that will come into play. Now, again, the bigger problem is, will they be prosecuted? Because clearly they murdered this guy. It doesn't seem like that should have happened or needed to happen. Um, You know, that stuff will all play out. This is the first of, you know, two incidents this week that people really got into, and then, you know, we have the incident in Dallas that we're going to talk about as well. I think maybe what part of
2: the training has to be really analyzing the situation and see how much of a threat an individual is. Well, yeah. Because as we have noted, he was pinned down. He wasn't going anywhere. Right. So I don't understand why they would have said, you know, just, all right, you're subdued. We're going to roll you over and handcuff him or do whatever you have to do. But the series of end but then again, it happened so quick. It well, just, right, but it
1: happened quick because they escalated the situation. Yes. This guy's saying, what did I do? What did I do? They pulled into the parking lot by witness accounts, got in his face, threw pulled him guns, down. threw him down. And we see, you see that in the video. Yes. So it's like, fuck, that escalation happens extremely quickly. Part of the conversation also is why, why why are they so fearful? Well, is it an unconscious is it an unconscious racism that they're looking at a black guy, they assume he's a criminal, whatever it is, and, and so they treat him differently than they would if it was a white person. Possibly, also, you don't know who has a gun in this country. That's part of the problem too. The proliferation of guns makes the cops fearful and rightfully so. Right. They don't know who could have a gun, and maybe he did have a gun anyway. So that that could contribute. I don't think he was being threatening and I don't think he should be dead, but that's part of the conversation. It has to be part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in the wake of the shooting, protests have sprung up in Baton Rouge where this took place and there have been disturbing images of increasingly heavily armed police aggressively dispersing protesters. I have a video here, Joe. It's a quick one. It's 20 seconds. This is riot police in Baton Rouge uh, going after protesters. You tell me if this looks like what should be happening in America where we have the right to peaceably assemble, which by all accounts these protests have been peaceful. This is what it looks like. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It looks like in America after a fellow citizen gets killed. You know what I mean? This is riot police running in. That looks like... It doesn't look like a controlled situation whatsoever. Well, and it seems like the presence of that amount of riot police escalates the situation, right? People are allowed to protest. They should be able to protest. They're not damaging things. They're not doing anything. So that's it. Then you don't need to be there. Who are you protecting that? Who's being protected by that? Are the protesters being protected? Are the general population that's not protesting? Are they being protected? I don't understand the rationale there. And again, this is the heightened tension between police and those communities. Mhm.
2: Um as, as we said we have to get to the point where we de, we're de-escalating these situations and we're not. Maybe they thought that they were going to de-escalate the 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 protesting situation by sending in the police with the riot gear and breaking them up but as but they weren't doing anything. No,
1: of course not. And you know, it's funny somebody just sent me a Snapchat as, right before we started and he was asking like, "Hey, you you read Ramdas?" and I was like, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. In Be Here Now, his book, there's a page where it's like the cops create the hippies and the hippies create the cops and the cops create the hippies yes. and the hippies. Like both sides play into it just by the nature of what their role is. And they're just they're both playing roles. But in the end, we're all just human beings or or, or whatever. We're all just energy in human form. And, you know, you got to recognize that, that that person across from you is you. You know what I mean? They're just in a different role. And it doesn't seem like that's what's being recognized here. And it's not a battle between protesters and cops. It's it's a ba- It's a a recognition that justice needs to be done. And if you're in a police force and you know that somebody's a problem or you see something that's wrong, even if that person isn't a problem, they made a mistake, there can still be justice done there without you turning your back on your own people or turning your back on the community that you're supposed to be protecting, which is really what is... Fucked up about this situation because Alton Sterling is shot dead and he was standing in in his neighborhood convenience store parking lot talking to his friend having a cigarette selling a DVD like he normally does Mm -hmm. because he got an anonymous tip. It's the same shit with Tamir Rice. Why? Why do these people show up and within seconds, why is it escalating to violence? He's not being violent. He's not a dangerous person. Clearly, he's not. So yeah, like you're right, Joey. There there needs to be some uh, emphasis put on de-escalation, or at least not escalating the situation as soon as you get there. Because but fear plays a factor. I absolutely,
2: mean, but one can argue that there wasn't even a situation. He was just there having a cigarette.
1: No doubt, and, and that's the thing. If his gun isn't drawn, he's not threatening anybody, even though you got an anonymous tip about that. Why are you running up as though he's about to pull a gun on you? How, how often do people really, in that situation, how often would somebody pull a gun out and kill both those cops? You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't seem like that makes sense.
2: It doesn't. So that's what's going on there. now the, the one thing, um, you didn't mention it, but... After the event, the cops took the security footage from yeah. the parking lot.
1: Well, the the, the convenience store Stop. owner didn't give them the surveillance tapes because he doesn't trust them, he said. Oh, okay. He gave it to the FBI, but he didn't give it to the cops because gotcha. he doesn't trust the Baton Rouge Police Department. Now, read into that all you want. I don't think that guy's making that up. It seems like there's, again, tension between the police in that area and the citizens that they're policing. There you go. So that's another serious problem that needs to be taken care of. You, you There's know, not a lot of trust there, obviously. What well, do you think they're going to fuck up the, the tape?
2: Um, I know we touched about it earlier on the episode about the way people are relating to each other. Yeah. But it seems like something like this, how everyone is reacting, uh, we need to have more than just an open debate. We need to actually do it. Like come together peacefully and just communicate, because I feel that we're doing nothing to resolve these issues.
1: Um, m- maybe nothing legislatively yet, but I think you- no, no,
2: no. But I, I mean, not even with the laws. It's just that the way the individual parties respond to each other. The right. cops are there to protect and to serve. Right. So it, it just seems to me that neither side is uh, taking that step back and and try to see it through the other person's views or shoes.
1: Yes, I mean, I think think you're right to an extent. I mean, again, you know, police come under the microscope in situations like this, obviously, because you're looking at uh, a snapshot of something Mm -hmm. tragic that happens, and then people react to the police at large. Uh, You know, you hear it a billion times. It's probably not all police. It's not. It's a handful or whatever. And, you know, it can be a mistake. Not everything happens to be malicious, but some things certainly are. It is not on the, it is not the job, in my opinion, of the protesters to be the ones to take a step back. The police are there to, like you said, protect and serve the population. So if the population is saying the things that you're doing, we don't like, and that's not how we want you to be policing us, then it is the job of the police department to correct itself. Mm Mm-hmm. And make the changes necessary to not be doing these things and take the steps to, to not lead themselves towards situations like this. And that hasn't been done. And that hasn't been done. Now, we'll see what happens as time goes on. I think we're starting to see a lot of people, because in that video I just showed with the riot police and everything, black people, white people, people of all colors there, protesting. And that's good. You have to recognize it's not a black guy, another black guy got shot. Yes, that's a factor as to why he got shot, probably. I, I can't say that if I was in the same situation, the same thing would happen. Uh, as a white person but we have to look at it as like one of our people one of our fellow human beings got killed by the police what are we going to do to make that change happen
0: mm-hmm.
1: look at all the factors but we have to understand that it's not just like that's ah, black people are getting killed not my problem no it is your problem because you're a citizen also yeah and this is your country and these are your brothers and sisters you know what i mean all right then on wednesday joey 32-year-old Philando Castile was shot in his car while reaching into his pocket for his license as his girlfriend live-streamed the incident and her four-year-old daughter watched from the back seat. They were stopped for a broken taillight. Where have we heard that before? Um, and here you go. I mean, now, I have some clips here from the video, the live-stream video. It's about 10 minutes, but I broke it up into like three two-minute mm-hmm. clips pretty much. Uh, you get the idea. It's a sad video to watch. This was live streamed by the girlfriend of um, Philando Castile, who I believe is Lavish Reynolds or Diamond Reynolds. I'm not sure what her name was. But Diamond Reynolds. Re- is it Diamond Reynolds? Yeah. Okay. Um, so this is the video. I mean, we're going to watch for the first, this is the first two minutes that she started streaming, um, and we can kind of describe what's happening, but this one, obviously there's more going on because there's somebody narrating what, what happened. So mm-hmm. this is the, the shooting that took place a couple of days after the Alton Sterling incident in um, Minnesota, I believe. Yes, Jerry?
2: Yes, Minnesota.
1: St. Paul. Stay with me.
5: We got pulled over for a busted tail light in the back and the police just he's 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 covered. He killed my boyfriend. He's licensed. He's carried. To, he's licensed to carry. He was trying to get out his ID and his wallet out his um pocket and he let the officer know that he was re- he had a firearm and he was reaching for his wallet.
1: Now, in this video, this woman is sitting in the passenger seat, selfie camera, Mm -hmm. talking into the live stream, and she keeps panning over. You see the guy in the seat, covered in blood, moaning. I mean, he is about to die. Mm -hmm. And the cop is standing through the window with his gun drawn. Why? This is a fucking taillight situation. He said, I have a a gun in the car, but I'm licensed, and I'm going to grab my license okay that seems perfectly reasonable to me and this person the the girlfriend you said it's Diamond Reynolds is her name she's sitting there shockingly calm which maybe says a lot about the neighborhood or whatever she probably mentally kind of expects that this shit could happen at some point but she's not um, flipping out in any way and also understand there's a four year old kid in the backseat watching this all go down
5: and the officer just shot him in his arm We're waiting for a back. I will, sir. No worries. Listen to the...
1: Okay, that's a very telling part of this video. Listen to that cop's voice, his emotion. Where he just shot somebody. Yeah, but he's panicked. She's not. Her boyfriend's about to die, and she's not panicked. Listen to this cop.
5: He had a firearm, and he was reaching for his wallet, and the officer just shot him in his arm. We're waiting for a back. I will, sir. No worries. I will. Fuck! He just shot his arm off. We got pulled.
1: This is a crazy thing to watch. I mean, you're looking at the cop pointing the gun. Again, this guy's dying. There's He's dying. He got shot bad. And the girlfriend is talking into a camera. It's not like she's doing anything. And the cop is pointing the gun at them, and being like, fuck! Ah, he's freaking out.
2: Well, it's, it's surreal, too, because I would have thought that the cop would have told her to stop doing what she's doing. He doesn't know what to do, and that's clear. He doesn't know what to do. See, see, because this whole thing, like, all right, so you get pulled over, you have broken taillight. Even before you start, you tell the officer, I have a gun, I am licensed. Yep. So why didn't he say, what would you want me to do?
1: Well, I mean...
2: See, because if he's reaching, so... Maybe he did. Okay, so, <laughs> so the cops... Free- okay, so before anything, he's reaching
1: preface this with saying you're not blaming Philando Castile for getting killed in this situation. I mean, right? I I mean... I, I, I am not, no. Okay.
2: It's just that if you happen to be black and you're in this situation, you are doing your Second Amendment right, you have the gun, so I don't understand how we go from him telling the officer that he has a gun to him being dead.
1: Yeah, because he assumed that as an American citizen who has the same rights as everybody, black or white, that he could do the thing that any normal person in that situation would do, and he wouldn't be end up dead over it. Because he wasn't doing it with malice. That's no. the thing. He when he re, when he told the cop, "I have a license to carry and I have a gun. I'm going to reach into my pocket now and get the license." He assumed that the cop would go okay, like a normal reaction.
2: But the, cat, he, the he cop, he didn't assume that the cop
1: it. was going to go you're black and then shoot him that's not what he assumed would happen so that's why he did that because he didn't think he wasn't fearful that the cop was going to kill him he just assumed this will go this way and it didn't he was wrong and he did the right thing yeah he didn't do anything wrong as far as i'm concerned
5: over on larpener told him not to reach for it i told him to get his head open. he had you told him to get his id sir and his driver's license oh my god please don't tell me he's dead Please don't tell me my boyfriend just went like that. Keep
6: your hands where they are, please. Yes, I
5: will, sir. I'll keep my hands where they are. Please don't tell me this, Lord. Please, Jesus, don't this tell me this. guy's a
1: cafeteria monitor. Uh-huh. He, like, ride a Montessori school. That's what he does. Yes. He, he serves lunch, and he, like, runs the cafeteria.
5: Tell me that he's gone. Please don't tell me that he's gone. Please, officer, don't tell me that you just did this to him. You shot four bullets into him, sir. He was just getting his license and registration, sir.
6: Get the female
1: passenger out. Now, this is what I don't understand either. Why does she have to get out of the car with her hands up? What did she do? She's uh, the passenger I'm a s- in a car with a broken taillight. Well, why is she getting out of the car now? With your hands up? What is she going to do?
2: I'm going to go with the thought process. Uh, they just shot somebody. They're scared shitless. So they're trying to do yeah, some form she- of damage control. She's I guess. a victim. Yes, she is a victim.
1: So they, their priority at this point should be, let's take care of this person. We fucked up here.
2: Not to mention, also, you have a child in the back seat, so now you're going to have the mom get out of the car without the child? Correct. So wouldn't that freak the child out? You'd think so, yes. Yes. Exit now!
1: Keep them up! Keep them up! Listen yeah. to how they're treating this person. Her, her, her boyfriend just got killed yes. in front of her. Yes.
5: This my daughter. You got my daughter? Face away from me and walk backwards. Walk backwards towards
7: me. Keep
1: walking. There's uh, four walking. or five cops with guns drawn on her as she gets out of the car.
7: Keep walking. Keep walking. Uh,
1: this is what I don't understand. How is this not infuriating to people when you watch this? Why? Why? What did she do? And I promise you that if this is a white person getting out of the car and threw a fucking tantrum right now and was like in the cop's face, she wouldn't have got shot. But this woman, if she fucking freaked out at any point here, she dead. she's dead. But the kid watching
7: get on your knees get on your knees
1: why and she's doing to your point she's doing the quote right thing here she's not talking back she's no, doing what not. they say but it's like why shouldn't she be allowed she has done nothing
2: wrong here the only thing that I'm having trouble with is the fact that she still has a cell phone out it's okay
1: which- she should you're allowed you okay. are allowed to fill the okay. film the cops. you are
2: alright and there you go with the child yes Oh, and they're handcuffing her now.
1: Yeah, now they're handcuffing her. But the, the, For what? The thing is still straight. right? Exactly. Which they've just criminalized watching your boyfriend get killed. There, she's done nothing. She's done nothing, and that's what's that's what really should, is not being talked about. You know what I mean? It's like what 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 did she do? Why would she get arrested here, or whatever, detained, or whatever, whatever you want to call it. You're just being detained right now until we get this all. Oh, it's detained. On? Thank you. Also. Okay.
5: They threw my phone, Facebook. <laughs> please don't tell me. Lord Jesus, please don't Wait tell me. First year. Okay, please, me no. Please don't tell me my boyfriend. No. I'm gonna take it off my head. Please don't tell me he's gone. Please, Jesus, no. Please, no. Please, no. Please, no. Don't let him be
7: gone, Lord. Can you get my bones
1: all right, now we're gonna skip ahead a little bit in the video here, because this is just they are talking to her away from the camera. You can't hear anything yeah. or say anything. Now she's with the daughter in the back of the cop car, but she's gonna explain what the situation is here.
5: We in the back seat of the police car. Phil's sister called me. The police just shot my boyfriend for no apparent reason. My phone is about to die. They shot him. He shot him three times because we had a busted tail light. He asked him for license and registration. He told him that man that it was in his wallet, but he had a, a pistol on him because he's licensed to carry. And the officer told him, don't move. And as he was putting his hands back up, the officer shot him in his arm about four or five times. I'm on Larpenter and Fry. Whoever can come to Larpenter and Fry, that's where I'm at. I'm going to need a ride home. We is on Larpenter and Fry. Alize, if you can come to Larpenter and Fry, we right here in Roseville. They got the Roseville police. They got me handcuffed. My phone is about to die. I'm on Larpenter and Fry. The The, the Roseville police department just shot my boyfriend.
1: <laughs> there's one more part of this video. I just want to go back to the Alton Sterling thing really quick. Mm-hmm. Both officers say that their body cameras fell off before the shooting. Incidentally, you brought that up. Yes. Both of them. They both say, yeah, oh, I don't know. They fell off before we got there. I don't know what happened. And then Sterling is the 558th person killed by police in the United States this year. Let's just finish up this uh, this video. This I jump ahead a little bit here. Uh, there's about a minute left in this video.
5: Don't be scared. My daughter just witnessed this. The police just shot him for no apparent reason. No reason at all. They asked for license and registration. That's the police officer over there that did it. With the black on. I can't really do shit because they got me handcuffed. I can't believe I just did this. I'm fucking. Fucking fuck! Ah!
0: It's okay.
2: I'm not here with you. <laughs> that's one of the saddest things I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> yeah. Nah, and, you know, whatever. Then it just, you know, that's what you get. Yeah, it is one of the. That, right. It's like the four year old daughter has to comfort her mom now in the back of a cop car because you know the the boyfriend w- got killed in front of her you know what i mean that's that's what's happening there for what
2: a broken talent
1: that's the that's the problem you know i mean it, it goes deeper than that but at the heart of it it's like that's what just happened there and you know w- what are we going to do about that if you're watching that and your first instinct is to defend the officer i think you're making a mistake it doesn't mean that all cops that get involved in incidents like this are bad people, or, or just, that they they meant to do, it or whatever it is, but they're the they're the cops. So the standard has to be high. And if you're going to look at that video and go, "Well, we should have listened to them, or should have done that," like you're looking at it from the wrong perspective, bud. Because you're you're not <laughs>
2: man. See, See, because here's the other thing too. Um, I, I know the the officer was under a lot of stress.
1: Why, though? I don't That's know. That's the thing. Why?
2: Because they, you shouldn't have been because the setting doesn't seem right either because you yeah. have a gentleman with his girlfriend Yeah. with a four-year-old in the back seat.
1: Right, he's going to pull a you gun would, and shoot
2: you? Exactly. Like, you, you would not jump to that conclusion.
1: No, you shouldn't. You certainly shouldn't. And I have information at the end here about how to be a simple change to the law that could make it easier to prosecute police, and we'll get into that. It's like a... Uh-huh. A distinction killings of police in this country are at an all time low incidentally so mm-hmm. yes while i understand that there can be fear on the part of the police and whatever the circumstances, although this one i don't necessarily see that being the case um it's actually the safest time to be a cop in this country ever so you would think theoretically the fear would go down a little bit but it doesn't and there you go there's two lives i mean three lives but two people who are still living, their lives are forever altered because of this. You think that little girl is going to grow up uh, with a, a great mindset at this point? It, it, it It's difficult. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's impossible. Justice Department will oversee the investigation, um, according to Governor Mark Dayton. Um, and finally, last Thursday in Dallas... 25-year-old Army reservist who served in Afghanistan, Micah Johnston, uh, opened fire with a sniper rifle into a peaceful protest, killing five officers and wounding seven more, telling negotiators, quote, he wanted to kill white people, especially white officers. Detectives also uncovered, quote, bomb-making materials, ballistic vests, rifles, ammunition, and a personal journal of combat tactics at Johnson's home. Um, Dallas police chief David Brown had this to say after the the shooting the next day.
4: We cornered one suspect, and we tried to negotiate for several hours. Uh, negotiations broke down. We had an exchange of gunfire with the suspect. Uh, we saw no other option but to use our bomb bomb robot and place a device on the, its extension. Uh, for it to detonate where the suspect was. Uh, the suspect is deceased. And I want to share with you some of the comments from this suspect. He was upset about Black Lives Matter. He said he was upset about the recent police shootings. The suspect said he was upset at white people.
1: Well, Which, by the way... There's a logical incongruency there. What, why? He's upset about Black Lives Matter and white people, so he hates black people and white people? He doesn't...
2: There's many issues at hand. He's well, right. got bomb-making materials. Yeah, he just is, shot five this is, a kook.
1: this is a kooky person. And you don't know what the fuck happened to him when he was in Afghanistan. No, you don't. You don't know what he saw over there? I'm not making an excuse for it, but I'm just saying, you, you don't know. He's one of ours. He's one of the military. Like, that's the thing. This is a person that that we've had influence over as a country. He's been in the military. He's seen what we do over there. He's he's he, So there's a lot of things at play here.
4: The suspect stated he wanted to kill white people, especially white officers. Bring it, bitch! The suspect stated he will eventually... Sorry, was that intense? That we will it eventually is. find the IEDs. The suspect stated he was not affiliated with any groups. And he stated that he did this alone
1: all right so yeah i mean look you get these shootings people are protesting right yeah, tensions so. rise and they then, feed each other and, y- and more this guy, incidences occur yeah and this guy picked the spot i don't think again though to to say that this is something that's going to happen more oh, now the cops are under attack no it's not fox i saw things it's a civil war it's not a fucking civil war it's a war between us And you, you fucking corporate agitators—that's what the real war is. And it's not—it's not us. We all get along pretty well. We all do. You're the problem. The media is the problem. The shit that we constantly see feeding into this false narrative that we all hate each other—we don't get along. That's not true. By and large, people in this country do get along we need to break down more of these divisions that keep us separated, different, uh, you know, neighborhoods and different things broken across racial lines and whatever systemic racism. But that's the shit that's in the way. It's a system. It's not the people we, we get along and it's bullshit that when I, when I see stuff like that, I I don't think that's true. There's a peaceful fucking protest and this guy, (laughs) you know, took it upon himself to go do something crazy, but it had nothing to do with the protesters or what, what was really going on.
2: Correct. It was just, uh, it's pretty much a one-off in this case.
1: Yes, he's a lone wolf. Again, it's another one of these lone wolves, and he easily could have been somebody that was corrupted by ISIS, and he just happened to be somebody that wasn't, and he, he, you know, had his own rationale for doing whatever he wanted, but it's the same idea. Mm -hmm. This is uh, President Barack Obama and former President George W. Bush, who looks and sounds like absolute garbage, uh, talking at a memorial after the event.
6: I'm here to insist that we are not as divided as we seem.
1: That. President Obama, that's what I just said.
6: know that the overwhelming majority of police officers do an incredibly hard and dangerous job fairly and professionally. They are deserving of our respect and not our scorn. And when anyone, no matter how good their intentions may be, paints all police as biased or bigoted, we undermine those officers... We depend on for our safety. If we cannot even talk about these things, if we cannot talk honestly and openly, not just in the comfort of our own circles, but with those who look different than us or bring a different perspective, then we will never break this dangerous cycle.
1: You know, and that's part of the conversation, I think, where you see people who are super liberal. They're much more concerned about don't say certain words, be careful, don't say, you know, whatever, don't call somebody the wrong name, like you might uh, offend them. That is an impediment to a real conversation as well. Because if you're having a real conversation with somebody and you understand that the intention is not to be offensive or to hurt somebody's feelings, you're really trying to have a conversation about something and maybe you use the wrong word or whatever – You know, and somebody can go, no, actually, you know, we say this, but don't worry about it. Like, that's what we say. Like, Mm -hmm. you can have that conversation. That's way more important than being, than never saying the wrong thing in in fear of hurting somebody's feelings or whatever, because then you're never going to have the conversations. It just becomes easier to be like, ah, fuck it. I can't even talk to those people. You know what I mean? Yeah. It becomes an us and them. Stop putting those impediments up. And that's something that's frustrating about the the liberal left you know i mean the far left I, i i don't even want to say it that way but it's like people are very hypersensitive about you know word policing and things like that
2: well the the other thing too that gets lost is the fact that this is just a microcosm of all the incidences that occur of course like every day there's many officers doing their jobs to protect and to serve to the point where I think sometimes we just lose the fact of how many people there are on the planet yeah. under the same circumstances in how many states.
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. Right. I mean, that's the thing. By, like, That's what I'm saying. By and large, we, we do get along. But when you see incidents like this and you, you can see the kind of the same circumstances repeated over and over again, you go, that's a problem. We're seeing a pattern. That's mm-hmm. a problem. We need to address this. But most of us agree. And then I think that gets lost with the media hustle and all this shit. We, most of us do agree. That's why when we go, eh, whatever we don't think. But anyway, okay, yeah. let's let's finish up these uh, these comments here.
6: Insisting we do better to root out racial bias is not an attack on cops, right? But an effort to live up to our highest ideals.
1: That would make it easier for cops if we mm-hmm. if we root out the racial bias in the system or people that you work with. If that they're not there, then then yes, if an incident like this happens, you can go. It's tragic, but maybe it you know it was a it was a mistake. But until you get to that point. Everything's going to be looked at through a, a much more focused lens of, mm-hmm. was, this, was race involved? Because you can't rule it out. You absolutely can't. At
3: times, it seems like the forces pulling us apart are stronger than the forces binding us together.
1: I like this video because you see Obama, and mm-hmm. then you see Bush, and you're like, Jesus. We're... I mean, for all the faults I might have with Obama, it's like, God, it's so much better than, than this.
3: Argument turns too easily into animosity. Disagreement escalates too quickly into dehumanization.
1: <laughs> Classic Bush.
3: De- too de- often we de- de- humor. judge other groups by their worst examples while judging ourselves by our best intentions. And this has strained our bonds of understanding and common purpose. But Americans, I think, have a great advantage. To renew our unity, we only need to remember our values, We have never been held together by blood or background. We are bound by things of the spirit, by shared commitments to common ideals. We know that the kind of just, humane country we want to build, that we have seen in our best dreams, is made possible when men and women in uniform stand guard. At their best, when they're trained and trusted and accountable, they free us from fear.
1: All right. So that was out of police, but more hell, obviously that's mm-hmm. why it was more targeted towards, you know, talking about police issues there. Um, two more quick things about this. Then we'll get to the 2016 update. Um, I have a quote here. Um, let me find it. Yeah. Here she is from Kim Kardashian Kardashian. She had a statement about the, uh, the shootings this And you tell me, it's like, is she wrong about this? Is this, this to me is a good, good statement. This week we watched Alton Sterling and Philando Castile, two innocent black men, get senselessly murdered by police officers. Like a lot of you guys, I watched the videos and was appalled and completely heartbroken. I was left speechless, angry, and numb. I want my children to grow up knowing that their lives matter. I do not ever want to have to teach my son to be scared of the police or to tell him that he has to watch his back because the people we are told to trust, the people who protect and serve, may not be protecting and serving him because of the color of his skin. The last thing we need is to fuel anger with more hate or violence, especially towards the many incredible police officers who risk their lives every single day to protect our families and communities. We must peacefully use the power of our voices and the strength of our numbers to demand changes in the the judicial system so that brutality doesn't ever go unpunished. It is our responsibility as Americans and as parents to create a safe future for our children. We must do something now. We must speak up until we are heard and real effective changes are made. Alton Sterling, Philando Castile, Trayvon Martin, Mike Brown, Eric Garner, Freddie Gray, Tamir Rice, Sandra Bland, Sean Bell, and unfortunately so many more. Hashtags are not enough. This must end now. Click, now she has links. Click here to find your legislator. Donate to Philando Castile's family here. Donate to Alton Sterling's family here. Hashtag, Black Lives Matter, Kim Kardashian. I added that part at the end. Yes. Now, you tell me, is that essentially the equivalent of a statement that a, a congressperson would put out? Yes. Or something, right? Yes. It sounds like a professional statement to me. Yes, it does. Okay. We're not going to get into it again, but that's all I'm saying. Let's end with the good.
0: It was probably done by a professional though.
1: Yeah, and what do you think? All those congress people and the senators, they're sitting there like, oh, what do I want to say? But they have fucking people drafting yeah, this yeah, shit. Of course. Know, I'm just saying. You can just say, I hear you. Everybody got people. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody has somebody, right. I have a quote here. This is from the Intercept. I didn't have, I didn't want to paraphrase it because it's like it's a little complicated, so I figured I would just read it like directly from the article. Mm-hmm. This is a quote about how a simple law uh, change could enable more prosecutions of police. Now that's what always what it comes down to, because when the shooting happens and we're like, no, let's see what happens at the trial, you kind of know what's going to happen at the trial. This is from The Intercept on changes to police prosecution laws. And then we're going to go to the 2016 update. Good? hmm Currently, police abuse is subject largely to one federal statute enacted in 1866, Title 18 of the U.S. Code, Section 242, which punishes anyone who, quote, Willfully subjects any person in any state, territory, commonwealth, possession, or district to the deprivation of any rights, privileges, or immunities secured or protected by the Constitution or laws of the United States. All right. So you can be punished by depriving another human being of their rights that are enumerated by the laws Hmm. of the United States and the Constitution. That's all it's saying. The problem is that the statute, quote, has nothing to do on its face with police officers or police violence, said former assistant attorney general for civil rights, Williams Yeomans. It's about deprivation of rights. So what you're actually proving in these cases is that the officer acted with the intent to deny the victim rights. This willfulness standard makes it difficult to prosecute police officers. The government has to show beyond a reasonable doubt that the officer acted with willful attempt to deny the victim a right. The officer had to intend to use more force than was reasonably necessary. Most of these cases are situations where officers are reacting quickly to something. So it can be very difficult to sort out what appeared to be reasonable to the officer at the time. Mm -hmm. In other words, you'd have to prove to a jury that was going on, what was going on inside of a police officer's mind at the time, which is a very high bar. The solution, possible solution. Congress could lower the intent standard to, quote, something like if the officer acted with reckless disregard. That way, you don't have to actually show that the officer intended to use force more than was necessary. If the officer recklessly used more force than was necessary, he could then be prosecuted. Many in Congress have expressed their regret over cases of police abuse and police killings. This simple change from willfulness to recklessness would make it easier for the federal government to actually prosecute them. You understand? It's amazing how
2: language comes into play.
1: We have all these words for specific reason. Yeah. Literally, they all have a reason. Um, right?
2: So it's... Well, also, the main word, issue that you have to go back to a statue from 1867...
1: Yeah, but it still pretty much works. You know, it works. Yeah. You just have to, you have to change the wording just a little bit. Because it's like, when they tackle Alton Sterling, are they trying to deprive him of a right at that point? You, you can't know that. But you can watch it and go. Well, that no, was, was that was reckless. That seemed unnecessary, right? I mm-hmm. mean, regardless of whether he intended to do it or not, and
2: shooting him seems a little bit reckless. Absolutely,
1: yeah. and that's the thing. You deprived him of life, life, liberty. And the, you deprived him of one of those things, and liberty and happiness also. But you know, but you know what I mean. That's yes. that's the that's the the point. All right.
2: Final thoughts on this, Joey. How much work would have to go into changing it is the question. Well, you know, it's political will, it's, and and that would be by state. Two, probably. Well, right? it's a
1: federal statute. That's so oh, federal statute. Okay, know, so, so you, you could do it then. Yeah, you'd have to, you know, whatever. Go march. <laughs> mm. We'll see. Who knows? Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. You got any, like, final thoughts about the whole, uh, I don't know, what's going on, any of this stuff? I find it
2: very sad, and I think th- much yelling has to take place.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think we're in, I I do think that, we're in that i think we're getting to that phase frankly i really do uh, you the more you see it i think the more you're getting more people on board at least going yeah what what is going on there like i think people are starting to recognize people across all spectrums and you know as much as it might look bleak now and it's obviously a terrible week and you don't want to see these things happen on, on any side um, the movements are getting realer. Mm-hmm. That's why Bernie had a real movement, and Black Lives Matter is a real movement. And there's real things happening. There's people really starting to understand. Again, when, when would you see Kim Kardashian? Like, this is my point. You know, that's really, good, yeah. what, why Kim Kardashian is coming out now, making these bold statements about things, saying like, we need to act. And people are coming out, and, and at the ESPYS, they're making statements. statements. And you're seeing human rights being stood up for, you know, all across the board. And I think that's crucial and i think that's really what we need to be focusing on human beings this is your fellow human being I all you got to worry about the rest will fall into place
2: i feel it's all good intentions but i feel that it's still missing something to channel at all
1: well it's i mean it's missing um action you know like congressional yeah. action we we don't write laws we can demand change but things have to happen yeah and we'll we'll see what happens there um all right joey jesus Mm -hmm. I got a pretty good 2016 update. You ready to get into that? Yes, I am. I think this is the saddest update. You do? Yes. Oh, I know why. Okay, I didn't know where you were going. Now I do. Uh, Bernie endorsed Hillary on Tuesday. Is that what you're talking about? (laughs) Just tell me why it looks like
2: there's a gun to his head.
1: Mm, It looks less like a gun to his head than that video we played a couple of weeks ago. But here's Bernie endorsing uh, Hillary Clinton. Secretary Clinton
7: has won the
4: Democratic nominating process.
1: Uh, she is just she just looks like a million bucks standing behind him. she's so happy right now she's waving to people in the crowd yeah yeah she won And always and won.
7: and i congratulate her for that look at her nod she will be the democratic nominee for president And I intend to do everything I can to make certain she will be the
4: next president of the United States.
2: Well, loosely translated so Trump doesn't win. Exactly. Well, that's really, uh, of course. Um, Very loosely translated.
1: Let me mention this. The GOP convention is next week. So that's going to be great. We're going to have coverage of that. Uh, And then the Democrats are the week after. But that's going to be less, you know, dramatic. Well, now it is. Well, yeah, I told you it's over.
2: It's, uh, th- there's no drama there. Of
1: course, I told you that's what's going to happen. I said he was going to get on board eventually. It just took took a little bit.
2: Um, did you hear about the fantastic news that's coming out on Friday? No. Trumpy's going to announce his VP.
1: Oh, is that right, Joey?
2: Yes, on Friday.
1: Yeah, you know it was annoying. Uh, what's a fi- uh, plastic brag bag? She was in in the you know the Joni Ernst. She was in the race to potentially become one, but I think she turned it down because she knows it's a lose. Well, because it's going to lose. She's going to lose. She have to give up her seat. She doesn't want to do that. Uh, meanwhile, Joey, this was interesting, but it, you know, didn't come to fruition. Obviously, Jill Stein invited Bernie to take over the Green Party ticket. Okay. Oh, Apparently, last month she sent him a letter, um, but you know, it didn't. It didn't go anywhere.
2: You know, I really wish there'd be some way to have Bernie publicly recognize that fact and give a response. He didn't. I know, but it's like something like that. I would love to see. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's – he answered her by endorsing Hillary. Yes. You know. Hil- meanwhile, Hillary Clinton added three new features to her higher education plan called the, quote, New College Compact. Families making less than $125,000 a year would have free tuition at in-state public universities, which is a concession Isn't to Isn't that everybody for the most part? For the most part. It's a, lo- it's a yeah, lot it's of everybody. people, yeah. yeah. And then she's also going to restore year-round Pell Grants so people can take – um you know, summer classes and have grants so they can get out of college quicker. And the uh, grants don't have to be paid back, right? Right. Well, they're Pell okay. grants. So I think it has a different, different structure there. Oh, by the way, Joey, uh-huh. the, uh, the FBI recommended that no charges, uh, be brought <laughs> against no Hillary Clinton in the email investigation. Yeah, ex- I know. Here's uh, James Comey, the FBI director explaining that situation.
7: <laughs> Although we did not find clear evidence that Secretary Clinton or her colleagues intended to violate laws governing the handling of classified information. There is evidence that they were extremely careless, and while not the focus of our investigation, we also developed evidence that the security culture of the State Department, in general and with respect to the use of unclassified systems in particular, was generally lacking in the kind of care for classified information that's found elsewhere in the U.S. government.
2: Oh, that's good. We do. Yeah, it's great. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, meanwhile... So, so they, the highest office in the land... Or whatever, yeah.
2: ...isn't... Uh, well, they prosecute
1: Snow. Snowden, or they want to prosecute Snowden, you know, Chelsea Manning, all this stuff. But meanwhile, the fucking uh, FBI is just like, man, eh. <laughs> whatever, the State Department doesn't really worry
2: about their information too much. Well, obviously, the title gets you the right to uh, break certain laws.
7: Uh, well, uh, obviously. To ...assess that hostile actors gained access to the private commercial email accounts of people with whom Secretary Clinton was in regular contact from her personal account. She also used her personal email extensively while outside the United States, including sending and receiving work-related emails in the territory of sophisticated adversaries. We did not find direct evidence that Secretary Clinton's personal email domain in its various configurations since 2009 was hacked successfully. But given the nature of the system and of the actors potentially involved, we assess we will be unlikely to see such direct evidence. From the group of 30,000 emails returned to the State Department in 2014, 110 emails in 52 email chains have been determined by the owning agency to contain classified information at the time they were sent or received.
2: Right, pause it. Okay, <laughs> relax, I got it. Uh, he just said, classified information was sent. Arrest that bitch now.
1: What? First of all, Joey, bitch. Oh, come on. I'm sorry. Why, why? Why would you arrest her now?
2: Because she broke the law. He just admitted that there was classified information. Yeah. And it was sent.
1: Yeah, but you don't know who it was sent to. It could have been sent to other people that had, you know, clearance to look at classified information. The the only the issue really here is, is it does it endanger essentially national security to do this stuff on your private email server? It seems no because nobody hacked into it, even though they can't necessarily prove it. He said,
2: "I don't know how true it is," but wow. I was watching one of the talking heads. Uh uh-huh. On what channel? Uh, it was MSNBC. Okay, and they said that the private server she was using had less safety protocols than
1: Google Mail. Probably, yeah. But so what? But so does Yahoo. <laughs> okay. We still use that. People are using Hotmail. It's like, of course. Yeah. Eight of Look, I'm trips. not saying, and it, I'm just saying like- th- I'm just th- looking for an, uh,
2: an excuse to arrest her. That's it. That's okay, what, well, I don't mean. think that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but, but that's, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I'm just putting it out there. It's like, this is the information. You'll hear a lot of shit about it, but like, rest assured, she's it's she's not going anywhere.
7: ...chains contained information that was top secret at the time they were sent. 36 of those chains contained secret information at the time, and eight contained confidential information at the time. I should add here that we found no evidence that any of the additional work-related emails were intentionally deleted in an effort to conceal them in some way. Okay. Our assessment is that like many email users, Secretary Clinton periodically deleted emails or emails were purged from her system when devices were changed. Although there is evidence of potential violations of the statutes regarding the handling of classified information, our judgment is that no reasonable prosecutor would bring such a case.
2: That's right, mm. baby. That's right. I disagree with that <laughs> statement.
1: Bulletproof.
7: All right, Hillary. Uh, so anyway, reasonable
1: yeah. is a is a bit dicey. Well, okay. So there you go. Anyway, that's that's <gasps> that. Um, listen to this. You're gonna like this. According to the Hill Hillary did not swear an oath to tell the truth before meeting with the FBI last <laughs> weekend, and the interview was not recorded. Uh, and then Comey was like, it's still a crime to lie to us, so we have that. But it's like, yeah, but you didn't you didn't make her swear to tell the truth and you didn't film it, so how the fuck... That's awesome. It's cute. I mean... So it never happened. It's so frustrating because this this person obviously is entitled to do whatever she wants, essentially, right? Yes. I mean, with the information. Mm-hmm. Snowden has to live in goddamn Russia. Chelsea Manning's in a jail for 35 years. Uh, Julian Assange is in the Ecuadorian embassy in London. It's like... So make up your mind. It's either really dangerous to put this information out or it's not. And clearly it's not if they're not going to put Hillary in jail and there's no problem with it.
2: Certain people can do certain things. Yeah,
1: well, obviously, and that's what and I was explaining. That's what it comes down to. I mean, my future parents in law, like they're conservative, and they're like, "She, she's going to jail." I'm like, "You, you, guys, not going are, to jail. you guys are been crazy." I was like, "We don't put anybody in jail." I was like, "Bush should be in jail." John, any number of Bush officials could be in jail. They're not going to put Hillary Clinton in jail. I was like, "That's no. just wishful thinking. That's not going to happen." No, they're not. Um, All right, so this is another thing we're we're almost done with this stuff this is the last thing I wanted to talk about then we'll get to Livy's email don't think I Mm -hmm. forgot Um, Trump last week from his actual Trump account his Twitter account before you do this yeah uh, just
2: I should have mentioned that back when I mentioned about Trump and his VP pick yeah do you know who's speaking at the convention no please tell me who do you think I would love to speak at the Donald Trump convention Hulk Hogan no Jesse Ventura no but you're gonna guess, and I'm gonna say football. Football loves Jesus.
1: Oh, I saw Tim Tebow. Yeah, yeah baby. <laughs> yeah, that's a good pick. He should pick him as his VP. That'd be so awesome. I'd vote for them if he went. Tim, t-
2: Tim Tebow was the VP. That'd be great. Yeah. I, I would fucking vote.
1: I that would <laughs> that would sway me for sure. Uh, last week, some at some point, Trump tweeted. Uh, an image that said Cro- "Crooked Hillary makes history," and then it's a image of Hillary Clinton. Oh, uh, with the star, right? Well, yeah, yeah it's yeah, got yeah, a yeah, ton yeah. of we got a bunch of money in the back, and then it says "most corrupt candidate ever." But most candidate, most corrupt candidate ever, is written over a clearly red star of David, a Jewish star, and. This was up for about four hours, then they deleted it, and they put up another one that was the same thing, but just a circle instead of a star. But the reason why that is odd is because a star of David—like, clearly he's implying that corruption, the Jews controlling money, Hillary's tied up in that somehow. That's the clear— point of that meme right and so he deletes it well joey i mean jesus christ that's what it's about a star is a star no it's not a star is five points
2: to the point where he even found the thing from frozen and
1: made it frozen relevant again yeah okay so the me listen to this okay the meme first appeared on 8chan which is one of those like message boards online uh, on an alt-right message board for neo-Nazis, anti-Semites, and white supremacists, supremacists, which came out June 22nd, a week before the Trump tweet, uh, this board, incidentally, um, welcomed the death of Ellie Wiesel, the most famous the Holocaust survivor. Yeah. They were happy about that. This is where this meme showed up first, and then Donald Trump
2: tweeted it. He has the right people going, looking at the, the boards.
1: That's the point, and that's the thing. Uh, a lot of people are like, well, he probably didn't mean to do it or whatever. He's no. not anti-Semitic. His no, son-in-law no, no. is so, Jewish. So, no, no, somebody me, went out of the way yeah. to find that. Because that's his base. We, we can pretend all day it's not, but Trump's base is dumb, uneducated white people, white supremacists, neo-Nazis, and really rich people. That's who's voting for Donald Trump. And there's some people in between that are going to vote for him, but let's fucking call a spade a spade if we see it. That's why he's doing it. It's not a mistake. He's pandering to his base. That's what he's doing. And when he puts up a thing that is clearly designed to send the wink-wink, the Jews are corrupt, and Hillary's tied up with them, that's what he's doing it for. It's not a. It's not an accident. That's not a star. A star is fucking five points. You've seen a star before. Mm-hmm. That's a Jewish star. It's the two triangles crossed over each other. That's how it looks. You know what it is. Mm-hmm. It's what the Jews wore in Nazi Germany. That's mm-hmm. what it is. I mean... Are, are we being crazy?
2: Uh, you forgot to say, make America great again.
1: I did? Yeah. Well, yeah, make America pure again. Uh, it's like, you know what I mean? That's, that's, that one just frustrated me because I saw it and there's a lot of fucking people, shockingly, who are willing to defend it. And well, it's like, I love my the, the fact
2: that Trump took the time, had someone find the frozen thing. Well, yeah, because he, which is the same the the same star, by
1: the way. Yeah, because you don't think that Trump. I mean, probably on some level, he you know he puts it out. He knows there's going to be a backlash. Yeah. So they probably put it out. And he's like, watch, they're going to overreact, and then I'll make them look stupid, stupid with their political frozen. with their political correctness. It's like, you don't know, it's a sheriff star, is what he said. Are you out of your fucking mind? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, in the context of like an anti Semitic thing that you're going to put out, yeah, a Jewish star and money and corruption. That's like. Page one of the fucking anti Semite handbook. Right? Yeah. It's crazy.
2: That's Donald Trump.
1: And it doesn't matter. Trump doesn't have to be an anti Semite himself. He's probably not. But it, but god damn it, people that are gonna support him are
2: Well, here's the main issue. The ones who should be speaking out against Donald Trump. Do you know how they're speaking out against Donald Trump? They're not going to the convention.
1: Oh, good. Yeah, I know.
2: So by not going, is not making a statement that's loud enough <laughs>
1: yeah, a bunch to of, actually sh- say that you're against this individual. Yeah, a bunch of unrecognizable uh, congresspeople are yes. not going to be at the convention that nobody's going to watch anyway. So it's like... Well, you have
2: to keep in mind that there's this one guy, I've got his name, that tells you how important he is. He's been going to the conventions for 51 years. Right. So for the first time in 51 years, he's not going to be at the convention.
1: Ah, uh, good. Well, he should have showed up at the convention and been like, protesting it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Evan just sent me an image. It says uh, Mike Pence is Trump's choice for vice president. According to a senior official, he's the Indiana governor. And um, that would add like conservative credentials to the, uh, the ticket. I got to tell you, Mike Pence, poor move, sir, because that thing is like, that's like getting on the Hindenburg. Now he's going down. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So interesting. So we'll keep our eye on that. Probably right. It's just adding another Indiana. It's like, that's a place that could help. So, you know, whatever, but it's not going to happen.
2: I thought Fat Man was going to be VP.
1: Nah. He doesn't give anything to the campaign that but Trump he isn't already doing. so
2: much time and resources that th- th- there's he's no loser, other, other logical reason for him to do that.
1: Well, it's, you know, keep a profile. He was trying to do something. It didn't work out. He adds nothing also, to he the he might ticket. get a
2: spot in the administration.
1: Uh, absolutely, yes.
2: Okay, At- gotcha. Attorney General, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know,
1: so who knows? So, yeah, of course. He's yeah, just keeping get a profile. Something. Carson might be... Um, Surgeon General, you know, it's like you, you keep these people around. All right. Listen, we got an email from Livy. You want to read that and then yes. get out of here? Okay. Uh, Livy, who we've heard from before, she actually sent the email, if you remember back, uh, I don't know when it was, a while ago, where the um, the kid was protesting at the Hillary Clinton fundraiser, the mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter thing, where Hillary was like, if you shut up, like, I'll answer you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, remember? yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was from Livy. So, all right. Uh, Hey, Chris and Joey. My name is Livy. I am a student, lover of politics, and avid lover of the podcast. I actually wrote to you guys previously about Hillary Clinton and the Black Lives Matter movement, which I really enjoyed hearing you answer on the podcast. Well, great. Yes, I remember. I just said. Uh, My question to you is about Bernie Sanders and his opinion on the idea of free college in America. I live in North Carolina, so a lot of the people I come across in school and just in my day-to-day life can be pretty conservative. Even though I try to respect their opinions, even if I don't agree with them, one thing I can't quite understand is their argument, or lack thereof, against free college. What I keep hearing over and over is that if college was free, then people wouldn't appreciate it, and that it would be a product of entitled young people, and that they don't want to work and to get scholarships." To me, this makes no sense because if college was free, then they would be able to use the money from scholarships to be put towards something else like maybe a nonprofit to help underprivileged kids afford college textbooks or student housing. Not only do their arguments sound very vague and poorly put together, but also very classist and apathetic to the struggles of others. How would you react if you found yourself in a cons- uh, conversation like this? Also, do you have any advice uh, on how to talk politics or debate with someone whose beliefs are different from yours? Keep up the great work with the podcast. I hope you have a good day. What a sweetie. Thank yes, you. Thank I appreciate you. it. Uh, it's very nice. Uh, it's a good
2: question. Just, I just want to mention that In the likelihood, if there was, uh, she mentions about free college and the uh, scholarships and the money going someplace else. Yeah, I doubt that would happen because you wouldn't get the money. Like you only got the money because you're trying to pursue education.
1: Well, her yeah, but but to her point, it's like it could be redirected to other things that are directly involved with education. You know Mm. what I mean? So maybe instead of somebody having to whatever, it could be a stipend or like she said, you know, for college textbooks for dorm whatever it is. do you, you have any thoughts on that? I mean, let me tell you something. I certainly have been in conversations like that where I'm talking to people that do not agree with me. Um, the best way to handle a situation like that is to remain unemotional. Core common collected, the three Cs. Yeah, because yeah, the second you start to get angry, now you're not really having no, a you're conversation. You're arguing with each other. You're, you're going to get pissed off. The best thing is to stick to a fact that you know about something. Um keep repeating it. If somebody says something to you, you go, well, here's the thing. I hear what you're saying about that, but what we're really talking about is this, and this is the fact about that thing. You know what I mean? Stick to that argument. But yeah, I mean, don't get um, annoyed. I mean, it's difficult sometimes, but the best thing to do is just be like, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I just disagree with you, and here's why I disagree with you. Like you, you, You're you likely not going to change somebody's mind anyway, but if you're going to get pissed off about it, you're going to start yelling at them, and it's, not yeah, gonna it's never going to go anywhere. That doesn't help.
2: Um, the Best way I would think of doing it would be you would have to find a workaround to have someone have an open mind.
1: Yeah, because well, yeah. It, good
2: luck. No, I, I know, but without that open mind,
1: you're talking about pot brownage dough. You're saying yes. get everybody up high and then uh-huh. talk about space.
2: Because even if you hammer home a certain point, if they don't have the open mind, they're just going to disavow that point.
1: Totally, and that—I mean—that's another thing. I mean, you—I brought it up a couple of weeks ago. We were at that party, and we were having whatever like political conversation. Yes, and yes. parts of it go well, and some of it doesn't. But yeah, you're not likely going to change them. And especially if somebody has a very closed minded point of view, they don't want to look at the other sides of the argument or, or whatever. Um, you just. Don't worry about it. Like, you don't really have to try to convince – you're not going to convince them. The only thing for them at that point is going to be if they decide they want to open their mind up and try to see some other stuff. But you're not going to change their mind about that. Um, As far as the free college thing, I mean, I've heard that argument before about, you know, it's going to make people not appreciate it. But um, are we we polling all the kids that are paying to go to college right now? Are they all (laughs) – Are they all treating it like, oh, thank God I get to go to this wonderful school and experiment? No, I mean, come on, man. There's people going to college right now that are not appreciating it, it, and they're going into debt. So if people aren't going to appreciate it, rather than go for free at least and not be saddled with it for the rest of their lives when maybe they're at a point where they would appreciate an education and they understand that they should have paid attention in school, you know? Mm -hmm. I I mean, it's it's not... Yeah, I'd rather... You're going to have to
2: do a lot of polling because
1: you have to poll
2: before they go, as they're going, and then when they're paying back... debt that's unpayable.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, and on top of that, look, I mean, you know, what percentage of people that go to college are actually in a major or something that they, graduated? they must go to college for? Mm. You know?
2: You don't want to play that game. No,
1: you of do course not. You
2: do not want to play that game. Trust me. Nobody wants to play that game.
1: Right. But, but, you know, I think I think college plays an, at least it puts you in a space where you're going to be around maybe people you I haven't already been around. You'll hear some ideas that might challenge your closed-minded point of view. Um, and then who knows, but at least it's a different experience. It gets you away from where you grew up a little bit, or it gets you out of your house or whatever, you know? So I think there's a value to it. I have no problem with people going to college for free. It happens everywhere else in the world. And those places do better in manufacturing and all different types of uh, areas. So yeah, I mean, there's nothing necessarily that you're going to do to change somebody's mind about that where they think like, well, these fucking entitled kids are just going to go to school yeah you taught everybody forever that going to school and like learning that was the most important thing in the world so it is and that's what we put value on so let them go there see
2: the other thing too I think that we need to do I guess is we in this country, everybody acknowledges the system is broken so we'll fix it with the way schooling is done you you, you know you do up eighth grade, you go high school and now you do college. I think with the way everything is going, especially with the economy in, there has to be something after college. Whether (laughs) it be- Well, the
1: fuck, get a fucking job. Well, then
2: we have to open up more avenues for those jobs to be had.
1: Well, that's my point, kind of, about the college thing. So it's like, so maybe part of the argument then, instead of being like, no, we shouldn't let people go to college for free, no, maybe it should be, let's work it out so that in college, maybe you can do some more technical training or you can do stuff that's more practical on the job training type of stuff, as opposed to like Evan is taking a whatever, a Nigerian studies class, which I'm sure is interesting, but like you're not going to become a you know, an African studies teacher or something, you know, eh, it's like, who knows? <laughs> right, you never know. But you know what I mean? So it's yes. like, well, that might be an interesting class and it's cool to learn about other, other cultures and things like that. It's probably not, it doesn't have like huge practical applications. Maybe that's part of the conversation. But, see, I'd be and honest. And believe me, it's not like you're the only one that's taken a class like that, Evan. I, I certainly have. I'd be honest with you. I, I'm
2: crazy in this. I would start a new hashtag and it would be this. Hashtag, free college isn't enough.
1: Wow, okay, very wordy. I like it.
2: Okay. Uh-huh. See, the, e- even if it's not free, you're in debt. We, we
1: have to come up with some kind of... see. Uh, but what do you mean? Why Why if college isn't free? I mean, yeah, you have some debt probably, but not $100,000 worth of debt to yeah, go correct. to college. Also,
2: the other thing, too, I think about sometimes is uh, the amount of resources that we don't tap into that individuals have, what skill set, that right. they have that we just don't get to tap into. Like what? Like what? Um, well, w- one of the issues I have with the protesting is it's difficult for people to protest to have jobs. Sure. Well, that's because not an issue with protesting, but... No, ju- well, just in general. Well,
1: um, well, it's not the protest's fault. What yes, you want okay, <laughs> okay.
2: If there was a way to, I don't know, like maybe... Give people
1: something to do, I guess, would be good. I, I'm not really sure. I, I'm not following you on that. But look, okay. I mean, look, you look at the European thing that we talked about. It's like they have a 30 a hour work week or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. the six hour work day. So that gives you more time to do stuff like go out and protest or actually be involved in your community and get cultural, you know. But that's what college is more than anything. I mean, we can pretend that everybody's going to college to become a doctor and I get a good job and blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But like, we know that the reality really is that you're going to college. It's uh, four years where you pretty much have an opportunity to think about shit, kind of try to put things into perspective, and hopefully you you figure yourself out a little bit. The people that are against that haven't done that. <laughs> Those okay. are people that just put their nose down and fucking put their head down, and they're trying to deny other people the option to have some free time to think about life and the world and what they want to do in it. Um, so their, their opinion is kind of fine. They have their opinion. But I think – it's valuable to have time to do that, to just have space, to maybe not have any responsibility other than go into class every you know, couple of days or whatever, but being able to, to sit and think and talk and fucking get high and do whatever you want to do while you're there, have some fun, have some experiences, make some mistakes. uh, That's what that's about. And that that's part of it. And to deny that and only be like, college is just for book learning. Like, no, it's not. You know, it's not. Come on. Well, also, it's... That's the, like saying NASCAR is only for driving. No, it's not. It's for going and tenting out and getting hammered while people drive cars. Like, everything is about the other thing that is happening while you're there. There's very mm-hmm. few things that are specifically about that thing, and that's it. And if you're not going to appreciate it, then get out. Fuck you. Well, because to the other thing is, is you, in college... Don't say fuck you to people when you're arguing with yes, them either. They don't like
2: that. The It, it gives people the opportunity to... Meet people from various walks of life. Yeah, no doubt. Right. And a lot of times that's missed... Because if you only live in a community where everything is status quo, then you don't have any new experiences or any new ideas on how to do some stuff differently.
1: Yeah, of course. Or get challenged about anything. But that's the same argument about the social justice warriors and like the idiots like Steven Crowder that go and they argue with each other. It's like, you're you're both not helping. (laughs) Allow the conversations to happen. And if you hurt somebody's feelings or whatever and they tell you that, apologize. Say, oh, I'm sorry, I hurt your feelings. I didn't mean to do that. Or if you did, then don't. You know what I mean? But... Anyway, all right, Livvy, uh, your stickers will be in the mail very soon. I got your response email. Uh, feel free to write in any time. I really enjoy your uh, your emails. You're very sweet, and uh, I'm glad you're enjoying the podcast. Thank you very much. Um, guys, we missed doing this show. Uh, it was actually nice. I got to be honest, I have a week off, but mm. we do- dove right back in uh, pretty heavy, almost a two-hour episode here. Um, next week... Oof, Republican convention. So we'll definitely have some clips and some information coming out of there. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I, you know, I got to over-under on people shot at the Republican convention, Joey. I'm not rooting for it. I don't want that to come off callous. But you got to imagine it's going to be at least one. Oh, wow. Right? I mean. I'm going to go under.
2: <laughs> you're going to go with zero. I'm going to go with zero.
1: I'm going to go with over. Uh, Evan? Uh, uh, I'll wait okay yeah yeah i mean i'm not rooting for it that's not what i mean but you got all these people that are protesting to be able to bring guns into the fucking key arena it's like all right well this is gonna get crazy is it key arena whatever i don't know it's can they bring guns does, no they're not no they're not allowed technically but they but they're petitioning to be able to do that so no they're not well joey of course they are jesus so yeah so we'll see what happens but anyway i do hope that it's a peaceful thing i hope you know, any of the arguments remain verbal and nonviolent and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, because giving more people access to guns is going to make it more safe.
1: You know what they say, Joey. The only thing that can stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun with perfect aim and very, very unrealistic uh, expectations. All right. iTunes, ladies and gentlemen, that is where you can find the Mandatory Samson podcast. You can rate, review, let everybody know that you like the podcast. You can subscribe on there. You can go to soundcloud.com slash Samson. All the episodes are on there. You can leave a comment on the track. We respond to them. We have fun back and forths with all the Samsonites that listen to the show. We love it. We're also on Google Play. If you're an Android type of person, email us, Samson at gmail.com. You can have your email read on the podcast like Sweet Livy, who uh, we really appreciate. Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, I'm at Mansamp. Joey is at Joey from Jersey. Jersey is spelled with a Z. Uh, Evan thank you so much For producing the show It's good to have you Back in studio Yeah always um, Listen guys We love you Keep your heads up Alright It seems like Dark times are here But it's always Dark as before the dawn And I think That this country Is gonna be better than ever We just gotta wait For it to happen Get involved We love you
7: We'll talk to you next week
6: This has been A stand up Last production Powered by digital media, subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts and find all of our shows at standuplabs.nyc.
4: Stand clear of the closing doors, please. No, we out.